Hey everyone, my name is Josh Mason and this is the Limitless Wrestling Podcast, the official podcast for your favorite indie promotion in the whole world, Limitless Wrestling, based out of Maine. On this week's show, we're going to preview prize possession coming up this Saturday, November 13th from the Anvets Hall in Yarmouth, Maine. And we'll also, for the first time in my era here, we're going to do some Ask Limitless. I've been waiting to do this a long, long time. I shit you not, I cannot wait for Ask Limitless. And join me as always is the owner and leader of Limitless Wrestling, the one and only Randy Carver. And Randy, I got to ask you, what is your most prized possession? Oh, I don't know. Uh, my most prized possession, uh, I guess, would have to be the wrestling ring or else we wouldn't have a wrestling school. <laughs> and we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't have like an office of operations, so to speak. We do a lot of work through the Limitless Dojo, but uh, either that or my car, I think, would be the the two things that I would need the most. What's hmm. yours? That's a great question. Uh, let's see. I, most times, I would say my my daughter, depending on how good she is, you know. But as far as like a uh, a physical, item, that's a great question. You know, I asked this, and I knew you were going to flip it right back. Um, I mean, it's like the house, the car, that type of stuff. I have a. I actually, you know what? I have a 1990. This is a random story, and ties a main tie. I have, a, I have a signed baseball from the 1990 Oakland A's World Series winning team. Wow. And the, so the reason I have that is those people that know uh, Major League Baseball and know Main Baseball may have heard of the name Mike Bordick. And Mike Bordick was a shortstop from, oh my God, now I'm completely forgetting where he's from, originally in Maine. Um, not Herman, not up that area. But anyway, <laughs> so he's he's originally from Maine. And he made his way to the big leagues and was playing the Oakland A's. My dad was really good friends with his father-in-law. And they were talking. This is when I was in high school, so a long time ago. And he said, uh, and I was writing for the school paper at that time. He's like, I think I can ask this guy, Jimmy, if uh, if you can interview Mike for the paper if you want. And, of course, I'm in high school. I'm like shitting my pants of like oh i could talk to a major league baseball <laughs> player right and, and mike was mike was you know decent but he wasn't like a you know he wasn't like a you know all-star or anything like that he was right. nice you know he was it was a nine nine hitter in the lineup great great uh great glove but i didn't have much in the bat and uh it made it happen we met at uh at pat's pizza in auburn maine because that's Excellent. where he was li- living in the off season yeah and i was just nervous as shit so my dad is like talking with him beforehand i'm just like nervous and uh, and then we did an interview, and uh, I, I still have it somewhere around here. But yeah, that was so uh, through that, uh, and I can't remember how my dad got it, but uh, uh, Jimmy or and Mike gave my dad a ball to give to me. I still have to this day. So it kind of a, kind of a unique story um, because again, I know that many people have a 1990 Oakland A's autograph ball. So I guess that's a a pretty good prize possession. That's a cool one to have. I've got like. Uh relating to wrestling i used to try to get um like action figures in the box that were signed by uh certain wrestlers so i've got like i've got a random honky tonk man lying around that's a like a wwe (laughs) signed figure uh i've got a just incredible one as well that uh, i always held on to i think like uh wrestling wise i have these i have three of the original like ecw figures still in the box I've got a Shane Douglas, Just Incredible, and a New Jack. And I awesome. think those, I love having those. I loved them when I got them. I somehow found them all through wrestling shows. But, like, that's one of my favorite things to, like, peruse through at independent wrestling shows is the random, like, 
merchandise setups that they have there. And uh, it's usually like a locally you got Beavis May and Chad Epic. I feel like they've, they're the kings of uh, having some random wrestling merchandise at the merch table. And I know Danger Kid can speak to that as well. He had some amazing finds that uh, one of Chad Epic's, I think it was a Chad Epic show. I'm not sure who uh, made his presence felt at AEW the past week we heard, but um <laughs> He uh, he's always got like a random assortment of action figures that people love to paw through me included. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny you mentioned that I was in uh, in a basement the other day and I was looking for something and uh, opened up a box and found uh, some of my old, like the LJN WWF figures from Ooh, back in the day, like okay. the, the 12 inch or whatever, the, the pod plastic. And I had uh, not in the, not like original or anything like that. These have been game used. Uh, in my old uh, WWF ring that I wish I still had, but wore the shit out of it. Um, you know, I had like Hogan, Mean Gene, uh, Ricky Steamboat. I probably have like eight or ten of them still. That when uh, when my parents sold their house a long, long time ago, uh, I made sure to grab that stuff, and luckily they they held on to it. And that, that made me think of another random uh, artifact. I don't know if you've ever seen this around at a flea market or you know wrestling collectibles kind. Of you were talking about when I was growing up. My friend Sean had a AWA ring and, and like the AWA figures, like the road warriors and like, and I, I remember I was so, and this is like in, this is the eighties. And I thought it was so random because they didn't play the AWA anywhere around where we lived, but yet they had this random, like smaller wrestling ring. I remember it had red ropes. And uh, whenever I go to his house, I was just so fascinated by this thing. Cause I'm like, cause again, you, you know, pre internet, obviously. You know, your world is kind of as much as you have at your hands, right? Your fingertips. Right. And uh, also I'm like, this AWA, what is this? And and I had no idea what it was. I thought that was so random. I legit don't know if I've ever seen those. I, I didn't even really realize they produced anything like that toy-wise. Yeah. Yeah, it was a long, long-ass time ago. So, yeah, if anyone else, if anyone is, has an AWA, AWA ring wants to take a picture, uh, shoot it to us on, on Twitter, either uh, Limitless Wrestling or, or my account. Uh, Josh Nason, love to see that. Anyway, so we talked about price positions. A uh, couple things before we get into uh, the preview of price session, Randy. We're coming up on episode 100, like not that far away. Wow. Yeah, I, I honestly didn't even realize that you said anything. But yeah, I, uh, this is what? Are we on 94, 95? I, be- I believe so. Yeah, so we're, we're coming up close. And I think at one point you had said for the 100 episode, you're going to give away $100,000. I think, did, did you say that? Did I get that right? I think you've got the wrong guy here, Josh. I, oh. I do not think that was a, a part of our giveaway, but uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe we could do some kind of giveaway through episode 100, and I feel like that would be an awesome time to get a few guests on here, make it a fun time. Uh, we'll have to get some things moving for that, but uh, something special in store for sure for episode 100. Uh, we've got an interview as well coming up. Probably will come out next week. Uh, I think we said that last week, but... I realize that this is the week leading into the show. We've obviously got to have the show preview. We tacked on and asked, asked Limitless as well. So uh, next week, uh, we'll just announce it right here. We'll have the interview dropping with Ace Romero, uh, one that we taped uh, a few weeks ago at my humble abode and uh, just shot the shit and really uh, kind of got down to business on what's been going on with Ace Romero. He's obviously had uh, a very interesting past couple months specifically but 2021 as a whole a lot has changed for him and he's got a lot on the horizon and uh we taped it before the announcement came out that he was heading to germany for wxw so we allude to that a little bit but 
Um, I think that'll be a really fun one for people to catch. It'll be a longer episode as well. I think that one came in right around an hour and a half. So there'll be a lot of information in there. We talk old school main wrestling. We talk his independent run. We talk a lot of impact wrestling as well. So uh, there's a lot of juice in that one for uh, people who are interested in what's going on with Ace Romero. So plan on that next week. And then the week following, I think we'll recap prize possession and we'll be looking forward. We got a major announcement coming this weekend. This Saturday, we're back in Yarmouth, as we said, and we got a major announcement coming on how we're going to close out the year in December. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And that's what you can expect for the next couple of weeks out of the podcast. Man, look at that. Thanksgiving. I mean, Thanksgiving, we give thanks, Randy. That's a good thing to give thanks for, right? Absolutely. Uh, the, the gift of podcasting. And also, uh, year-end awards, right? We got to start thinking about that coming up. Uh, obviously, there's a few more shows to go, but I was uh, doing some stuff outside. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's coming up pretty soon. Yeah, usually that overtakes, I feel like, the last couple weeks of December. So we'll be having our final event of the year within the first two weeks of December. Date will be announced this weekend at Prize Possession. So another thing to stay tuned on. But Really, the last couple of weeks, we're going to do it very similar to how we did last year. We're opening up all the categories. We're going to drop in a survey on the website that you can fill out, attach all your winners of each category, and then send it our way, and we'll be calculating the results. And that will be the kickoff podcast of 2022 is the year-end award winners, and uh, we'll run it through. And it's that's always a really fun time to see what everyone's going to choose for the end of the year. Uh, I can't wait for everyone to vote for John Alba as most hated. I think he's going to win that award for the rest of time. And uh, it'll be great. It'll be great. Uh, I love the year-end awards. Always a fun episode. Always a fun time. So that's going to be on the horizon as well. Yeah, and a much better year in 2021 than 2020. uh, No doubt about it. And so what you're telling me to confirm is there's no Christmas Day show? Because that was the rumor at first. Christmas Day, no. I'm, I'm going to let people be with their families and open some gifts. Obviously, we're always going to have content dropping on YouTube. So if uh, you know if you want to watch some wrestling on Christmas, you can fire up YouTube, IWTV, and get your limitless fix. But uh, right. there'll be no show on Christmas. All right. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. We'll I'll, I'll try we'll for see. it. I'll try. No one, no one wants to hang out with their families that much. You know what I mean? Just get do that in the morning. Get to a show at night. So we'll uh, maybe someday we'll see. Uh, so coming up, obviously, this week in a show that's not on a holiday, Saturday, November 13th, prize, prize possession and Vets Hall, Yarmouth, Maine. You know the le- details, you know the location, uh, but you don't know about the tickets. Randy, what's going on with that? Yeah, uh, as of the time of recording, we're under 80 tickets remaining total for this Saturday, prize possession in Yarmouth. So uh, get on it. If you want your tickets, they're going to be available. We're taping this Tuesday evening right now. Tickets are going to be shipping until Wednesday afternoon. So when this drops, which will probably be Wednesday morning, you're going to have a few hours to get your ticket orders in. If you still want to get them in person, they can still be mailed out. Get those orders in. And it's going to be available online until Friday night. So you've got until Friday night to get your tickets online. Otherwise, you have to take your chances at the door. We don't want to turn anybody away. So LimitlessWrestling.com slash tickets to get your tickets under 80 remaining right now. Right. And for those that have for some reason or hesitant about ordering before and leaving them at the door. I've done it. Trust me. It's super easy to do. No, no problems, no must, no fuss. You're in and uh, you're in there really quick. So uh, definitely do that. So yeah, check it out. Limitlesswrestling.com. Uh, so let's go over this show, uh, Randy. And I get, we, I think we got to lead right from the top with this main event. Cause uh, as you mentioned, as we record on Tuesday night, we had some, I guess you call it breaking news. Uh, I've seen a lot of shit on the internet uh, and especially on Twitter. 
And this was uh, this was a little bit shocking. And I, I, uh, I guess we'll lead right into it. Obviously, uh, the main event, Limitless World Champion Anthony Green defending against Alec Price, who uh, earned the shot by defeating JT Dunn at, uh, at last month's show. Uh, and so this is obviously huge. We've been talking about this for weeks, but had a little wrinkle tonight, Randy, and you made a decision to release some footage. Why don't you tell everyone about that that hasn't seen it? Yeah, I think uh, this title situation just got a lot more tense for Anthony Green and Alec Price. And Anthony Green has obviously seen the rise of Alec Price. He's felt it. He's watched it from afar, uh, whether it be you know through the pandemic, even before that with the road with uh, the pandemic at the Dojo series, with seeing Alec Price on those early Let's Wrestle shows that Anthony Green was also a part of. He's seen Alec Price really cultivate into the talent that he is today. And it was very interesting, just a side that we don't typically see out of Anthony Green. Um, and it was, you know, not, not a part of anything that he intended to be put out there. But when it was sent our way, I felt the obligation for people to see that. And... I think it definitely lit a fire under Alec Price. He had some words to say to Anthony Green online as well. And if you haven't seen the video we're referencing, it's on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Limitless Wrestling. It's on our Twitter as well, at LWMain. Anthony Green just kind of voiced his frustrations with uh, Harry Aaron, who was filming this at the time. This was sent our way from uh, DJ Tony D, who's a part of the production team. It was kind of shocking just to, I guess, feel what Anthony Green was feeling in that time frame where – he feels the fans are uh, maybe taking him for granted a little bit, maybe uh, a little obsessed with the flavor of the week, I believe is uh, the, the phrasing that he used. And I, I guess at some point that gets to you, you know, Anthony green has been a building block, limitless wrestling. He was here from day one. He got the championship back that he never lost. And it really is kind of crazy. The groundswell of support that Alec price has been receiving. And I think we've said that numerous times over the past couple months, but it just continues to reign true it's crazy how people have come around to the prize Alec Price. It's just something that was totally unexpected, something that if you were tuned into Limitless Wrestling at the beginning of the year, midway through the year, you wouldn't have seen the end of the year panning out like this for Alec Price. But here we are, and Anthony Green has to face the music. He's got to know that uh, this might be a split environment with the fans and attendance in the atmosphere in Yarmouth this Saturday where Alec Price really has his supporters now, which is something that we couldn't necessarily say a few months ago. Yeah, and I would uh, I give you credit, Ballsy, for putting this out because obviously it puts your champion in a uh, very unique light. Uh, again, as he as he mentioned this video, um, talking about the fans, and he's had a you know a complicated relationship dating back to the Christian Casanova uh, build up to that that match, and and uh, obviously he made his big comeback, and fans loved him again, and now yeah, he's a uh, look. I mean, if you're if you're him. I can see why he might be a little bit uh, a little bit upset and, and annoyed because yeah he came back and he could have said look I'm just going to go out west I'm going to go here going to do I'm not going to come back but he came back and he he didn't come back half assed he won the no. title and you know? I think I think that's where the anger comes from and I don't I don't know if this is all like specifically directed at Alec Price I think a piece of this has to do with how Anthony Green's treatment has been from fans, from people who were elated to see him at Undeniable in July. But as as everything grew with Anthony Green, I think you look back at the Vacation Land Cup. It was a split atmosphere for him and Ace Romero. Either man could have won, and there would have been a section of people who were all about it. And now, even with the Daniel Garcia match, where the, where the title changed hands, I think Anthony Green expected that to be kind of a home field advantage for him. 
And it wasn't necessarily that. I mean, Garcia had his supporters too. So that's an environment, Anthony Green, no stranger to it. Might be wearing on him a little bit, but he's got to anticipate that that's what he's going to have in front of him here this Saturday. Yeah. And with, uh, with Anthony Green, yeah, he's uh, it's just, it's just it's so interesting kind of going into this, right? And, and with him, you know, kind of like we were talking about Daniel Garcia uh, several months ago when he was champion, right? And his travel schedule, you know, um, top shelf Troy Nelson talked about that a lot. And when could this potentially catch up with him? And, and Anthony, he's been busy. You know, he's been working a lot of dates. He has the AEW thing going on and all this stuff. He can't take someone like even for a second, you know, take uh, take someone like Alec Price seriously because we've seen this guy beat the best. Again, we've talked about it ad nauseum, and this is in Limitless, other places as well. He's having the year of his life, man. He is. He's really coasting, and he's uh, he's coming in on, on a hot streak. And he also he can't be too cocky either. He can't be like, look, Anthony Green's distracted. I got this. Both guys, like this is this is what makes this match so so uh, so exciting on paper, and also I think what we're going to see. Both guys got to be at their best because if they're not. The other guy's going to walk out the champion. Yeah, and I'm so curious to what we're going to see because this is the first time one-on-one that Anthony Green has squared off with the prize Alec Price. They've met in four-way competition. That was back in August in the Vacation Land Cup Finals, but one-on-one has never happened. So it's a new environment for both men. Obviously, super high stakes with the championship on the line, and it could be Alec's time. It could be Alec's time to really put any narrative that he's not ready for the main event and he doesn't belong in this scene. Like is what, that's what we've heard from JT Dunn over the past couple of months about Alec price. He can really put all those narratives to rest. If he can get by Anthony green and become the limitless wrestling world champion and do exactly what he said he was going to do last month, make him the shortest reigning champion of all time. And I know I saw on Twitter he's, he's uh, Anthony green asking for the, the clip to be taken down. He wants to talk to you, and and uh, to your credit, I mean, you're here podcasting with me, so you're, uh, you know, I know you guys are tight, but you're playing the boss role right now. You know, it's good. I, I think people deserve to see that video, and that's yep. that's where I stand on that. After seeing it myself, I, uh, I am people had to see that. Mm, I agree. Uh, what could be some shocking footage uh, after this this weekend, based on the amount of violence in this match, Jake something versus Kevin Blackwood. Kevin Blackwood. Needs a win. Has been uh, struggling in Limitless as of late. Obviously, Daniel Garcia, no longer the champion. He's lost that uh, you know security blanket. His uh, his compadre, his partner in Limitless for so long against a guy that, like I mentioned last time around with um, with Johnny and yourself, this guy blocks out the sun with how big he is. He's massive. He's agile. He's dangerous. He's championship material. And Ken Blackwood has a. Uh, Pretty big obstacle in his way this weekend with uh, Jake something. That he does. And and once again, it, it kind of feels like we're at a point where Kevin Blackwood's pressing the reset button. Because like you said, the security blanket of having Daniel Garcia in his corner, having the champ by his side, that's gone. Daniel Garcia is not here. He's not in the corner of Kevin Blackwood anymore. And now he's on his own. And this is the first time, I believe, since March of this year at Double Vision that we're seeing Kevin Blackwood really tested on his own in a scenario where he doesn't have his training partner. He doesn't have Garcia by his side and it's all him once again. And it's, it's going to be sink or swim for Blackwood because he's got quite the opposition. Jake something is not coming here. A happy camper. This is a match that he requested. He personally wanted this after Blackwood interjected in the matchup with Garcia back in June and cost him the limitless wrestling world championship. So Jake something has a score to settle and I hope Kevin Blackwood is ready, but 
I do feel like Blackwood is on another level right now, something different than what we've seen. He's moved himself out to the West Coast, consistently training all the time in great physical condition. And we'll see if that carries over inside the ring. Yeah, yeah, he's been uh, working a lot of places as well. And uh, yeah, so again, Jake, something we've seen him in Limitless before and a guy that, you know, couple couple wins away could uh, could could make it a challenge for his own championship uh, opportunity coming up at some point. Two guys that, I, you know, again, talk about violence. This is going to be actually up and down this card. You could say this, uh, but this one, especially Big B versus Charles Mason. And as a as a promoter. You know, you have a, a responsibility to keep, uh, you know, try to keep the athletes as safe as much as possible, the fans and all that stuff. Good luck with this one, because based on what happened at the last month's show with uh, Charles Mason stealing the photo of uh, of Beef's uh, late dog and how that caught fire with the, on social media, we talked about that last week. And these two, uh, you know, we've seen Big Beef intense before. I don't think we've seen, I don't think we've seen anything yet come this Saturday. Yeah, I, speaking of new levels, I think this is going to be a new level of big beef that we're seeing this weekend because uh, it, it really feels like this is one that's going to break down very quickly. And we've we've talked with the referee staff that we'll have on hand this weekend and just kind of given the lowdown to be cognizant of this match specifically. And really, as numerous matches you can say that about on this card, but when emotions come into this and anger and it's all mixed into one, and you're looking like big beef, you're hitting like big beef, you're kicking like big beef. Bad things can happen very quickly and things can go off the rails. And I don't want to say I expect it from this, but I don't know how you're going to contain big beef. And I'm just, I'm curious to how Charles Mason is going to approach this matchup. I hope he understands what he's getting here in big beef. And I mean, he's got to with, uh, he went through with this. It's all him. He took the photo, he burned it up. He posted that to social media. He's a sick freak, and I think he's going to get what's coming to him this Saturday. Yeah, I think he wants to send a state. Obviously, you know, he's anyone that's seen him, uh, seen him in the ring, and obviously outside the ring knows he's calculated. He is, uh, he's evil. We certainly know that. And who knows how long this has been, uh, you know, this has been planned. Maybe he just found the right opportunity, but he's, yeah, he's a guy that, you know, emotion sometimes causes an overreaction. We've seen that in pro wrestling a lot. And Big Beef can't get too over emotional. He's going to want to beat the living hell out of Charles Mason. But I got to think Charles Mason's smart. He's got some sort of a, a plan for that. And very, very fascinating to see how this uh, how this one uh, plays out. This match, I'm looking forward to uh, as much as anything. Obviously, the, the main event is all these matches are bangers. But I think this one, this one just I, I, I can't wait for Anthony Henry versus JT Dunn. Uh, Anthony Henry, obviously, people know one half of the War Horseman, a uh, guy that's been at Limitless a couple times, teaming with JD Drink against the uh, Mainstay Posse. Former WWE NXT wrestler didn't really get the full opportunity there that he should have. And again, as I've said before, uh, their loss is, is our gain. Going up against JT Dunn, the veteran that has been in Limitless forever, been all over the place, has worked some of the best, where Cody Rhodes and Limitless Ring, and he's uh you know, he's gonna be a little bit pissed off because I'm sure that he's thinking that he should be one challenging Anthony Green. For the title, but obviously he lost to Alec Price, looking to prove again, looking to prove himself against Anthony Henry. This is uh, two two technicians, two hard hitting guys, and yeah, I, I this this is legit. Like I can't wait for this one. I think straight up, uh, this is two of the hardest hitters in the locker room going head to head, and maybe looking at these guys from afar, you wouldn't expect that. But I mean, we saw what Anthony Henry did in the MSP match in September. The workhorseman walked out victorious, so he's got a win under his belt since returning to Limitless. And on top of that, 
Anthony Henry is undefeated as a singles competitor in Limitless Wrestling. Dunn really needs a bounce back here after the loss to Alec Price. It's been a rocky road for Dunn since returning to Limitless Wrestling in June. Of course, losing to Ace Romero in his return, then defeating Lee Moriarty, defeating Becca to get to the finals of the VLC. He took out Alec Price in the finals of the VLC, but couldn't make it all the way to the end. Had an opportunity last month, as we talked about, lost to Alec Price, and that's got to be eating at JT Dunn, who's been a building block in Limitless Wrestling since the very first year. He wants to get to the top. He's been trying to get to the top for nearly three years, and it just has not happened since the Limitless Championship has been introduced. So now the climb begins for Dunn once again, and Henry is standing in his way. So I'm very intrigued. These two haven't shared a ring in a couple years at this point, and they're very different competitors since the last time they faced off. So uh, it's going to be an interesting atmosphere for this one as well. Yep, I would uh, I would agree. Stay uh, stay in the building for this. Don't go outside for a smoke break, whatever you do. Uh, let's see. Coming up next, this one uh, this one's been building for a few months. We've seen this start really in, in Herman, Maine. Uh, and then the dance on the ice, and then it's just kind of developed uh, last month as well. Becca versus Brad Cashew, and run through the history of this, what we've seen the past couple of months, and, and kind of what's at stake. Yeah, so Becca, I mean, she's been on a rise, especially since we've returned to live events. Uh, it's been awesome to see how much the Yarmouth crowd has come around to the leader of the Scrunchy Squad, and uh, actually, the show that premiered earlier this week on IWTV is really where this all started. It was Brad Cashew who unfortunately was giving us a nice little lesson, uh, giving the Herman crowd a little lesson on something that he learned from Boston University, which he is a graduate from. I don't know if you knew that, but... I heard, heard uh, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad, uh, he, he loves to let people know that. and The GPA and the, the whole kit and caboodle, you know, he loves to let people know that he's a smart guy. And he had the, uh, had the open challenge on the table at Dancing on Thin Ice. He, he wanted to prove himself where... He does the most homework. He's the most prepared wrestler, and he can adapt to any situation. So he was putting an open challenge out there to prove that even without preparation for who he was going to wrestle, he could get the job done. And he did not get the job done. In fact, he lost that match in record time, 31 seconds, one of the shortest matches in Limitless Wrestling history. It just dropped. If you haven't seen the premiere of Dancing on Thin Ice, it's available now on IWTV, but this match alone, as well as the lesson, I didn't want to cut out the uh, the nicely prepared lesson that Brad Cashew gave the fans, so I put that on there as well, but that match is available for free, youtube.com slash Limitless Wrestling, but 31 seconds, Becca caught him off guard, beautiful victory roll into a three count, and Brad Cashew was irate. He was backstage yelling at referee Nate Speckman, contesting the pin, saying his shoulder was up, and then, of course, we saw what happened at Fresh Blood, Brad Cashew hitting the ring after Becca with an amazing victory over Trisha Dora, one of the top females in the game, lays her out with a textbook and then a shellacker kick to the side of the head. Uh, a bunch of madness happened from there. Davian hits the ring. It looked like she was going to challenge Brad Cashew, but then Becca grabbed the microphone herself and uh, she made the challenge to Brad Cashew because I'm sure after being laid out with a textbook and a kick just a week after a 31 second victory over the guy Becca wants to put him in the rear view mirror once and for all. So uh, that's going to happen this Saturday, the leader of the scrunchy squad, Becca versus Boston university alum, Brad Cashew. And we'll see if Becca can indeed put Brad, the grad in the rear view. Mm. 
Easiest thing to say to a BU grad or BU student if they get a little bit cocky, Randy, coming from my UMaine days, just say, sucks to be you. <laughs> That's the way to do it, huh? Sucks to be you. Yes. Helps if there's a uh, whole... Uh, arena chanting as a, we used to do you main hockey games and things like that but yeah that's it i mean look be you i mean come on they suck they suck you main all the way baby you main right uh let's see so coming up next so this is interesting this this is also something if you guys have uh, obviously following limitless wrestling on twitter you saw a video recently i believe this was last week rip bison somewhere at a bar you know playing with a uh didn't have a drink in his hand unfortunately but just you know playing with a coaster just kind of contemplating a little bit uh, sullen upset then all of a sudden drip drip here comes the msp and they uh, had a taco ripper into uh into joining him and joining them rather against the dastardly art and they've had some success against art as they uh as they definitely pointed out took rip a few seconds and what i'm calling the drip and rip connection randy was it. made yeah, yeah. Drip and Rip Connection. I think they liked it, too. MSP and Rip Bison taking on art made up of Ava Everett, Ricky Smokes, and Aaron Rourke. This is, uh, as, as all these ma- as all matches are with Ava Everett, and especially MSP, and, of course, Rip, all, all these guys, this is uh, going to be an interesting one. A lot of personalities in this yep. matchup. And yep. uh, certainly not a trio that was on my bingo card for things that would happen this year, MSP and Rip Bison, but... Uh, common enemies bring people together and MSP have had their success against Ava Everett this year. You can't deny it. They defeated Ava Everett and Charles Mason, as well as two other teams in August at the vacation land cup in four way tag action. And then the show that premiered earlier this week, dancing on thin ice, it was MSP versus Ava Everett and Ricky smokes. That was really the first night that we felt this art project kind of coming into form for Ava Everett. They got the win there, too. So they've kind of got Ava's number right now. And Rip Bison, there was just nothing he could do at Fresh Blood. I think we talked about it a little bit. But it was Rip Bison versus the debuting Aaron Rourke, who was brought in by Ava Everett and Ricky Smokes as a part of art. And they were able to get the job done. It was really the numbers advantage that came back to bite Rip Bison. There was so much going on, and he just couldn't account for everything. And, of course, Aaron Rourke introducing that art canvas, swinging it at Rip Bison. If you swing something at him, he's going to try to get it and swing back. It's exactly what he did. Got himself disqualified. And I think, honestly, having Danger Kid and Aiden Agro on your team, who do have the familiarity with having a wild card as their uh, their third member of the trio, thinking of Alexander Lee, of course. Maybe they know how to handle Rip Bison better than most. Maybe they know how to tame Rip in moments like that so it doesn't go off the rails for him and they can keep it together long enough to get the victory. But it's going to be very interesting to see because seemingly Art working as a great unit thus far. They got Aaron Rourke the victory. He did get a canvas smashed over his head. But he walked out the victor against Rip Bison. That's something that not a lot of people can say they've done in the past year in Limitless Wrestling. So we'll see just how good art is clicking together when they make their trios debut this Saturday. One of my favorite aspects of tag team wrestling, Randy, is when units wear matching gear. And Rip Bison, if you look at his gear compared to MSP's gear, two completely different styles, right? I wonder... If perhaps, and you saw Aiden Agro give uh, give old Ripper the shower cap, I wonder if some of that uh, some of that drip will flow over to Rip, and who knows what we could see. Imagine that. I, I 
I can't imagine him in, in this that style, but look, if you're going to be a team, you never know, right? It's not out of the realm of possibilities because I look back at earlier this year, one of our closed taping events, and I think this match is on YouTube for free, but Rip Bison actually teamed up with uh, Team C-Stars against Prestigious earlier this year, mm. and they actually all had matching gear that was very cool and something that you definitely didn't expect when uh, Ripper was put into this situation with the C-Stars, but uh, they looked like a well-oiled machine from the gear standpoint. So we'll see what he comes out with this Saturday. I'm interested. Drip and Rip Connection coming up on Saturday. Channing Thomas uh, returning, speaking of prestigious, taking on the returning Jigsaw. Interesting match here. Yeah. Uh, Jigsaw's debut with Limitless Wrestling, the first time he's been in Maine in nine-plus years. It's been since The Great Escape when Chikara made their main debut at the Strive Center in Portland. Uh, awesome to have him in the building this weekend. I think people are very excited about that. And Channing Thomas is the one who's going to put him to the test, who I think has been a standout. We I hate to give these prestigious guys credit. I want you to know that, Josh. I hate to. But Channing Thomas has really been improving his game over the past year. And I think it's been eating away at him specifically, but the entire group of prestigious that the narrative with them has been can these dudes get it done without john alba pulling the strings for them on the outside and i think i think they believe that they deserve much more credit than they're getting and in my opinion they need to prove it they need to prove it in situations like this they keep saying singles tags trios wherever you put us we're going to succeed well we haven't exactly seen that over the past few months uh obviously euphoria prestigious along with John Alba losing to team Davey and getting John Alba kicked out for the remainder of 2021, which makes me hope the days go by a little slower as we get into December. But, um, and since then dancing on thin ice, the main event lost to dirty Dango, Anthony green and Ace Romero. That was a huge step up in competition and they didn't get the job done. They got back on track at fresh blood with a victory against waves and curls and love Doug. But now it needs to continue. You got to keep the wheels moving. You got to keep the ball rolling. And we'll see if Channing Thomas can do it for prestigious. First time in a while, I believe the first time since undeniable that we have seen prestigious not in a tag team or trio situation. So yeah. uh, it's been a while. So it's going to be very interesting to see what Channing can do the last time. That it happened, it was Mac Daniels who got a victory over Davian at Undeniable with the help of John Alba. So uh, I'm intrigued to see what Channing can do against an independent wrestling legend, in my opinion, in Jigsaw. Yeah, Jigsaw. For those that uh, haven't seen him before, how would you how would you best describe his style? He's very well rounded. I guess would be the best answer. Is Jigsaw has a little bit of everything. He's been everywhere. He's been to so many places around the globe and learned so much in such a long career. He comes from that Gen 1 era of Chikara, where it was just some of the most well-rounded wrestlers on the independents, and just a mixture of so many different styles culminating into the different wrestlers that he was around and really grew up with. And obviously, that's going to rub off on him. And being that well-rounded, I think it's, it's very tough to prepare for if you're someone like Channing Thomas. You have to do your homework and figure out what this dude does well, what the calling cards are, and figure out how you can thwart anything that he's trying to do to you. Have you ever seen a Shikara show in person? I have. Uh, I've seen a couple. The first one I went, I was actually at The Great Escape in 2012. So uh, I actually saw Jigsaw at that event. 
Main event was Eddie Kingston, Sarah Del Rey for the Grand Championship, one of the best matches I've ever seen in person. Wow. Uh, just the experience that night, like with that crowd, uh, just so awesome to witness. Uh, that card actually really, really fun. A couple couple limitless regulars uh, you'll see in there. Champ Matthews and Eric Johnson were actually a part of the Young Lions Cup qualifier that night. No kidding. Yeah, I yeah. saw. I've seen one show. It was Nashua, New Hampshire. It was Brian Danielson's last tour before he went to WWE, and I think wow. he was in a, he was in a six man or an eight man, and this is a small like gym in Nashua, and uh, it was it was a cool moment. It was kind of it, I've never been a super unique show. I think for anyone that's been to a Chicago show, uh, it was uh, it was good. That was a really good card too. But I, I, I just remember that and just remember the the reaction for his, you know, because people knew he was going, and it was uh, it was just kind of cool to see that in you know, a small venue. And, uh, and everything. So everything Shakari just kind of think of that that moment back in the day. Um, so if I, also we have a uh, breaking news. Right? You, do you want to break this? Do you want me to tell you about the or do you reveal this uh, well, new match? How about you reveal it, Josh? Let's I've, let's get it out there. This is a match announcement <laughs> that something that we haven't put out there yet for prize possession this weekend. Yeah, I get so excited. Barely get my words up. Coming up this Saturday, Slaughterhouse brought to you by Sydney Bacabella made up of Max Smashmaster and Mortar taking on Waves and Curls. Look at this, Randy. Interesting tag team match here. Yeah, it's the return of Waves and Curls, Trayvon Jordan and Jalen Brandon, who I feel like were uh, some of the fan favorites and some of the most requested to return to Limitless Wrestling after Fresh Blood. It was their Yarmouth main debut. And while they didn't come out victorious, both in Yarmouth and in Herman, where people have seen Waves and Curls, felt that experience in person, they want them back. They want more of them in Limitless Wrestling, and we're giving them that chance. We're giving Waves and Curls another opportunity to get a win under their belt and get things moving here in Limitless Wrestling, but quite an opposition ahead with Max Smashmaster and Mortar, who are victorious in their tag team debut in Limitless Wrestling, defeating the main event at Dancing on Thin Ice, which you can see now on IWTV. And these dudes are back with a, ve a vengeance. Bacabella, Smashmaster, Mortar, Three guys who really the phone stopped ringing for them in Limitless Wrestling. They they stopped coming around. We didn't see much of CJ Cruz, who now is known as Mortar. We didn't see much of him after the road concluded. We didn't see any of them, actually, on the uh, return to live events this year. And Max Smashmaster, he was out of wrestling for quite some time. He was actually in the commentation station for us for a number of years and returned to wrestling, uh, was trying to get back into Limitless Wrestling. Nothing was working out, and... This all came together, I think, out of frustration and trying to figure out a way to break back into the Limitless Wrestling scene, and they've done it in a big way. Mm. So that's the card coming up this Saturday. And again, this is uh, we ran through it. This is going to be awesome. Fun show. Weather's supposed to be nice. Everything's good. Be there. Get your tickets early. And uh, yeah, I mean, anything else more to say before we move on? I think we've touched on just about everything, as we said uh, at the Open. There's a big announcement coming for how we're going to conclude the year in December. And the news came out as well. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit on this podcast, but Limitless Wrestling coming to Worcester, Massachusetts to kick off 2022 as a part of Beyond Wrestling's Restival. They're doing a wrestling festival at the White Eagle in Worcester, uh, featuring a number of the top promotions in the Northeast, Beyond Wrestling, uh, WWR, Blitzkrieg Pro, H2O Wrestling, and Outside of the Northeast as well, our friends from SUP, Southern Underground Pro, uh, Action are going to be there as well. So it's going to be a very fun weekend, wrestling-filled weekend, and 
Uh, we're going to bring uh, all the favorites and more to Worcester, Massachusetts. So uh, definitely a show you won't want to miss. But if you can't make the drive, that one is going to be streaming live on IWTV. And the Times just came out as well. So it's going to be 9 p.m. on January 1st, 2022. We will be in Worcester, Massachusetts, and we'll have more information on that coming in the next couple of weeks. Awesome. That should be good. And I, uh, I heard from someone that's involved with that event. And they expect uh, they expect the Limitless crew to get over pretty heavy. They uh, and it just just kind of came up in conversation. Said new kids on the block coming to this event, and they they think that people are going to take to you guys uh, pretty well. So no big surprise there, right? Um, so Randy, finally, my first chance to ever host Ask Limitless. I've been waiting for this for like two years, and finally it's here. Alba's gone. I'm here. You and I. Let's do this. So people ask questions on Twitter using the hashtag Ask Limitless. I, uh, the other night, I logged on to Twitter, and first thing I saw was a tweet from Ava Everett. And I'm like, what is this about? And I had not seen the initial tweet, and there was just uh, things kind of broke down. Again, we're talking about the show coming up this weekend. And uh, you know, I think uh, Aaron Rourke was in there. And these wrestlers, man, they get into Ask Limitless, and, and Ava want to take it in her own direction. It's legit a fucking mess anytime Ava Everett's in your mentions. <laughs> it's it's a mess because it's always a fight. It's always something wrong. Uh, just a mess. So let's kick it off with a question from JM. Your favorite pre-show and post-show meals that aren't from Cumberland Farms. That's tough because I'm such a Cumbies guy. It's so easy. It's right off the interstate. It's crazy. I, we've talked about this on this podcast before, and I don't mean to gush over the exit 17 Cumbies on I-95, but uh, it's, it's so funny that this is where we run events consistently now, because when I was doing any Southern Maine shows that I would like ring announce, or if I was going out of state ever on a road trip, anytime that we were coming back, like the car load was coming back from Southern Maine or wherever we were coming from, that was always our stop was the exit 17 Cumbies because we knew had a clean bathroom, and had uh, a lot of different variety for food and drink, and they would be open. So um, I love that X-17 Cumbies. Typically, if I'm in Southern Maine and I'm staying down there for the show, I love to hit Auto in Portland uh, to get mm. some pizza. That's always been a go-to anytime we've had events down there. I got put onto that by Danger Kid and haven't looked back since. Um, and really, pre-show... Uh, I'm not really stopping anywhere before the show other than a Duncan, which is pretty boring, but, uh, <laughs> that's what it is. I've hit bingas too a time or two, uh, that's right in Yarmouth, but yep. I really keep it simple. It's either Cumbies auto or, uh, Duncan on the way in, but Josh, I'm curious about you. Cause you have a little drive on your hands when you come to events. Have you picked out any spots? Well, I do. I'm very similar to you. I stop at Duncan. Uh, I usually get uh, a large coffee cause I know I'm going to be up late, uh, especially with the drive home. Uh, that's usually, yeah, it's kind of like, I'll, I'll have a little bit to eat before and then I'll have, uh, I always do my thing. I have, I get two slices of pizza at the show. I have to, I get a pepperoni slice and I get a cheese slice and I get two beers and that's kind of my, my dinner for the night. My wife thinks I'm crazy. And then, uh, I'll pack some, uh, have usually have some snacks on the way up and, and the way down. But yeah, I haven't, one of these days I get actually like have a plan out. So I actually can have like a meal up there. Cause there's a lot of like, I, I'm from that area. I uh, spent plenty of time there, so I like I. Uh, there's plenty of places around, especially if it like um, you want to make a day of it and get like the Mass Landing in Westbrook. If you're into beer, you can guys. Uh, there's also I mean, there's breweries all over the place. So if people want to stop and get you know, again, make a day of it, get some beers beforehand. 
and uh, get something to eat. There's plenty of places in Portland, all those places, uh, spots around. You mentioned Yarmouth. Uh, Bingas, we used to go to a lot back in the day, especially they were downtown. Uh, Pat's Pizza is right there as well. Um, we talked about, talked about Pat's Pizza beforehand. Uh, that's always pretty good. So, yeah, there's uh, if people want to get adventurous, especially if they're not from the area, like like all the way up, there's so many, especially once you hit like Scarborough up, like you can get off the exit and have like pretty much whatever you want uh, within like a five minute drive off the exit. And Are ahead. you a brewery guy, like a stop in brewery guy? Yeah. Yeah. I love breweries. Absolutely love breweries. What the hell is the, there's like a popular one that's based out of Portland, right? Yeah. Bissell. Bissell. Okay. I, they have like a, which is crazy to me because I live in the middle of fucking nowhere. They have a location like 15 minutes from my house in Milo, Maine. They do. They it's do literally insane. It used to, when I was a kid, it was a chainsaw repair shop and it's, <laughs> it's baffling to me. I went to ironically, uh, like last month or month and a half ago, I went, I COVID testing is so hard to get in this area right now. So I had to go to Milo Walgreens to get my COVID test. And, uh, I went by it and I was like shell shocked because I guess I just haven't paid attention before going by that. I don't go to Milo too often anymore, but I was blown away that they have a location up here. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, that's I've never been up that way in terms of actually to, to the brewery, but yeah, it's kind of a, I think one of the founders is from there and that's why they started and kind of want to bring that's some, what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Want to bring some business up there, which I thought was pretty cool, but yeah, it breweries. Yeah, completely. I mean, if you're, there's no reason, like there's no reason to get bad beer anymore or even like bad seltzer and like so many of these, these breweries now they have, um, you know, distilleries and they, they get like involved with seltzer cause it's very easy to make and like pretty much whatever you want. Like you have to pay a little bit more, but you get a little bit older. Like I am, you know, young guy like you, uh, you know, I don't expect to understand this yet, but you'll, uh, someday you will, you, know, you get a little bit more money, uh, a couple of extra bucks. You end up being a, getting a little bit more quality and there's, there's so much like good stuff up and down. Um, even like, even like, uh, around, you know, Bangor area and the place like that, you can find plenty of, plenty of good spots. No doubt. Good stuff. Uh, let's see. Uh, next question from Alan. What moment so far this year has made you guys as fans go holy shit? And I assume this means limitless, or maybe this means all wrestling. I'll go. Uh, why don't you go first? I would have to say one of them came from Dancing on Thin Ice. Uh, especially I was watching back the show the other night, and Alexander Lee just getting like choke slammed into a bin, a plastic bin that was full <laughs> of barbed wire. That's nuts. Like, uh, just for two aspects of it, that you're fucking landing on a spool, essentially, of barbed wire, and that you're going through this shattered plastic container that's splintering everywhere, and just, uh, just so uncomfortable. Um, and in the same match, Slade punching the barbed wire chair into the face of Alexander Lee. That match itself, I think, was a, uh, made me say holy shit a couple different times. Um I would also have to say the spectacle that was Love Doug versus Ava Everett from Euphoria, the uh, the art canvas death match, because yep. there was I, I didn't really have an expectation. I didn't know how nutty it was going to get. And uh, I was you know, blown away because I know that both of them uh, are psychopaths in their own way. But 
uh, I was just blown away at the the violence and the the brutal nature of that matchup in general. And uh, Josh, I'll have to ask you the same thing. Uh, I, I'm sure that you've seen most of the uh, Limitless stuff from this year. Uh, yeah. What's been a holy shit moment for you? I, oh, one more before we go to that. Anthony Green coming back. Um, yep. Unannounced at Undeniable against Daniel Garcia. That moment was just, uh, I mean, it could have put you to tears, you know, and uh, being so close to AG and the entire situation as a whole, it was very cool that we were able to have his first match back and yeah. uh, have it be in front of the Limitless Faithful. Uh, just really cool stuff. Yeah, especially enhanced by the fact the month before Prestigious played the music. And it was just like, I remember I, th- I was thinking at that moment, like, holy shit, it's actually Anthony Green here right now. Like, I was trying to, in my mind, be like, is this non-compete up? Does it matter? Like, try to process all this stuff in 30 seconds, and all of a sudden, prestigious come out. That was a, that was a great moment. I will, uh, I'll go a little bit different in not terms of like, holy shit, but holy shit. Like, you the first show back in June. I, I think that that first, uh, that first wave of emotion when uh, Romero and Dunn, when it was kind of, nobody knew the card. I think that it was kind of like the mystery vortex cards that, PWG has, I'm sure other promotions have as well. It was kind of like, you know, uh, in the, the place was packed. It was, uh, it, that, that when those guys came out and people are just on their feet, just happy, just to be like for one night, just to be away from the bullshit. Right. And it was, uh, that was kind of like, holy shit, like good, you know, it just, and, and see how, how emotional that, uh, the ace was in there. It just was, it, it like, it just, everything just felt right. The whole night felt right. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. Cause that's, that's something I, you, I know you won't forget it. Cause obviously you, you know, you went through hell and back with dealing with all, you know, all this stuff in, in the past year and a half and so on. But, uh, for me that, that one, that one will always stand out for sure. I'm with you there. And, uh, on top of that too, uh, another piece from that show, the Alexander Lee return with MSP, uh, yeah. That was really something meaningful uh, to a lot of Limitless fans and meaningful to a lot of us who have been so tight with the three of them for so long. And I think it's something that legitimately people didn't think that they were going to see again. So uh, to have that moment with uh, three people who I consider some of my best friends uh, and a lot of people in the locker room as well were uh, emotional about that moment. That was very cool. So that, that's a great that's a great choice for that, because that show in general uh really holds a special place in my heart and i think a lot of people's as well two others that come to mind the rip bison uh big beef strap match <laughs> that whole match is holy oh shit my god yeah and we lost uh, greenleaf oh that's right that's right and then um the ace romero rip bison match i think i'm remembering that right the one i mean that just spilled like all over the place and ace was just like running down the aisle and just full on like that was I think that's a match I'm thinking of. Yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah, and I was watching. Yeah, I have a video of that. Just the the basically just the the running. It's like he was a running back and just like took off. That was that was as hard hitting as it gets. But I think, yeah, the, the strap match. I just, I now it's just everything's like kind of coming back to me now. And now that's that's definitely a holy shit moment. Uh, uh, a holy shit match for sure. Anyone that was there that night uh, will never forget that. Uh, outside. Uh, Outside limitless, I would say the reaction for Adam Cole and Danielson at the uh, AEW, uh, uh, not double or nothing, whatever the, the September all out. That was 
that was oh and uh the cm punk uh united center debut i yeah, thought that was gonna be mine was the cm punk for sure um, un- unbelievable like that's just the stuff that um you know these guys that, that are working in limitless and working on any promotions and that's that's like that's the dream to get that that get that right and this is yeah I mean, look, we've, uh, wrestling fans have dealt with a lot of bullshit from WWE. If you love them, great. If you don't, it's, there's a lot of us kind of lapsed fans are like, we want to get back to getting those emotions again. And I mean, I, I can't imagine what it was like to be there at home. I was like, this is, this is like unbelievable. Like this is, this is the reason people watch this stuff. And for so many people outside that, uh, aren't wrestling fans that don't understand and, you know, made fun of us for years of being fans. Right. This is like that, those moments, and even yeah, the stuff we're talking about, limits like that, that the moments make the difference for sure. No doubt. Uh, let's see, move on. Uh, Derek, why do you use doors instead of tables and matches? My answer to that question will be a question uh, where do you find the tables anymore? That's, that's the real question. I think that's why doors became more popularized in the world of wrestling is because at least for me, and uh, I know that other promoters and wrestlers can attest, very hard to find straight-up wooden tables anymore because the shift has been in place for years, really, that so many places are producing uh, the plastic fold, like fold-out table now instead yeah. of uh, the older-school wooden table now. So uh, a lot tougher to find. Uh, we do actually have a couple right now that are in storage or uh, maybe when the time is right or uh, a situation seems fit. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just so tough to find, and a door is typically always readily available when it's needed. So uh, I, I really think it boils down to that for a lot of people. Interesting, interesting. Somewhere there's a there's a warehouse of tables just waiting for a pro wrestling promotion to uh, to come upon them. They have no idea. They're just they're just waiting for that day, and and who knows, right? I fucking jump on them anytime I can find them. Like <laughs> they're they're <laughs> super tough to find. Literally, the ones that I have right now were scoured from a local community college who was just going to throw it away, and no they shit. said if you can get here in the next twenty four hours, they're yours. And I was there in three. <laughs> that is uh that's crazy the little things that you don't know uh ethan scott a fantastic uh ring announcing debut i must say i have not got a chance to say this on this podcast but as someone that's uh, been a ring announcer for in in maine before for ewa uh he fits the lineage i'm proud to have him in it it was a great job uh what promotion promotion or promotions would you like to collaborate with in the future well, uh, a few of them were on the, that were on the list. We're getting to do that at Restable at technically the end of this year, beginning of next year, uh, where we're teaming with Beyond, H2O, Blitzkrieg once again, SUP. If I had to go something different than them, uh, West Coast Pro sticks out as well. Um, we've been going back and forth with them a little bit on Twitter. They're having super cards right now in the California area, and we've seen Daniel Garcia, Kevin Blackwood, some Limitless regulars popping up there, and They've got such a diverse roster, too, of uh, guys they've been bringing in and using there. So uh, really enjoyed their shows recently. I've been watching a lot of them on IWTV. They're one that stick out uh, that I would love to do some work with. From Alex, any big dreams for the promotion in 2022? That's a good question. Um, They're always big dreams, right? Yeah. I mean, you just you always want to keep everything moving. I think that the dream is to not have to stop and i know that's like it's not a great answer to this question but 
there's a lot of, I don't know. It's, it's so easy to doubt like what you're doing and the direction that you're going in. And if you're, if you're doing everything the right way, there's no blueprint to any of this, you know, it's just, you're, you're really winging it. And that's what it feels like half the time. And we've, we've won it in good directions, I guess, so far. Uh, we haven't had a ton of setbacks, um, nothing that's like uh, permanently derailed us, which is, uh, I appreciate every day, but it's, it catches up to you sometimes. It's hard. You know, last week was really hard just trying to uh, figure out if we're doing all the right things, like I said, and just uh, having the confidence to continue to move forward in, in with, with things that you think are going to pay off in the end. And really the dream is to keep this alive. Uh, the dream is to keep it moving and keep people entertained and continue to grow. Uh, I really want to focus 2022 on getting new fans in the building and growing the limitless fan base and keeping people intrigued with our product and keeping people invested and uh, getting them to want to tell people, hey, you need to come see this show or you need to check out what they're all about. Because really, like the pandemic put a halt on that. Like we you think I, I just like think of how much like uh, groundwork we used to do before the pandemic and how we used to get the word out there. And really a lot of that changed, like a lot of the way that we did business changed. And uh, we had to kind of figure out new ideas to stay relevant and do new things. And now we're coming back into a time where people are going out of the house again and going to events. And now I think we need to get the word out there again about limitless wrestling and uh, get new people to see this and continue the growth because I'd love to continue the monthly shows that we're doing. I'd love to branch out into new areas. I'd love to keep coming to Herman and doing those periodically as well. But it takes fan support. It takes people being in the building, watching on IWTV, supporting and supporting the wrestlers involved as well. And we've had tremendous support since we've come back. But uh, I got to be sure it's going to continue if we're taking big risks. Yeah, it's a big challenge for all indie promoters. And I think, you know, what's interesting about 2022, or really not, I would say interesting, but a fact is that you know, knock on wood, it'll be the first kind of full year in two years that you don't really have to kind of worry about, um, you have to worry about like regulations when it comes to like the pandemic and stuff. You know what I mean? Like at this, at this point, like we're, we're, we're coming out of this and people are, it's just COVID is going to be with us no matter what. And people have to be safe and do what they do. Hope they get vaccinated, be safe. You know, all, all, all the things we've been talking about for two years. But I think as you're seeing, like, you know, musicians go back on tour. Uh, I mean, pro sports has not slowed down one bit. I mean, places are packed no matter what. And uh, it's going to be, I think, you know, getting back into it. And I think I think it's going to trickle down to limitless wrestling and other, you know, things like that. Like, right. People are going to be like, let's go check out a show. Let's go do this. Let's get back in a habit. And then once they go a couple times, it's like, okay, now we're back into it. And then, you know, things kind of get back to normal in a lot of ways. So, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's, I think you can have big dreams. I think sometimes the biggest dream, like you said, is to be able to keep waking up and doing this every single day, not to get like a, a real job, so to speak, you know? That's truly it. And I, I, I hope that we can do this uh, for a long time, like as long as we can, because I can't see uh, our crew, our team, our wrestlers not doing this and not pushing this forward. And we've got a tremendous team around us that does exactly that. But um, it all comes back to the fan support pushing us forward. Yep. Uh, from, a from Ava Everett herself, Randy, why are you yeah. constantly, why are you constantly rude? Ricky smokes art does not appreciate the favoritism. I tell you what, uh, I said this on Twitter. I, 
talk to Ricky exactly how he associates with our fan base, which I, I don't even get as vulgar as he does. I had people coming up to me after the Herman show saying Ricky told him to F off. And I, I'm not telling Ricky to F off. All I said on Twitter was Rick's rude. And like you said, I had Ava, Aaron, and Ricky in my mentions within minutes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not rude to Ricky. I'm going to treat him exactly how he treats other people. And we can go by that. Mm. From, I think, versus Wolf or VS Wolf, whatever we'll call it, uh, Victoria's Secret Wolf, who knows? Is there any preference on holding Friday or Saturday events? That's one half of the VSW podcast, my man. Oh, VS. Uh, okay, I'm reading this correctly. VS. Okay, so, okay, got it, got it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, there's, uh, there's no preference necessarily. Uh, I think that I would much rather do a Saturday just for the simple fact that, uh, Saturdays seem to be easier on the typical wrestling fan from what I have judged, I guess, in the past six and a half years of uh, maybe people having the day off from work or being able to make the travel happen because it's on a weekend. Fridays can sometimes be tougher for the traveling fan. And we do have a lot of fans who come in, whether it be from Massachusetts or New Hampshire or even outside of New England sometimes. I'm always trying to be cognizant of people who are traveling in for these events and trying to make it easy for them to attend. So that's why you see a lot of events in Yarmouth being on Saturdays. Friday events, they do come into our schedule, but usually it's by a circumstance happening where uh, Herman, for instance, that's such a popular wedding venue in this area, the Morgan Hill mm-hmm. Event Center, that their availability is a little bit scattered sometimes. So sometimes it's about picking and choosing what the availability offers for you instead of what you'd like to do. Um, and that's kind of the deal with the Herman venue currently, but that's why you typically see a lot of Saturday shows in Yarmouth. There's not a huge preference because we can make either work, but uh, I think if you're asking me, I would prefer a Saturday just for the simple fact that I know travel wise, even for some wrestlers as well, travel wise, Saturday can work a lot better all around for most, most people rather than a Friday. I will say I do get nostalgic for the Friday night shows when uh, when I first kind of get into Limitless and, and the shows that the I'm completely forgetting. What was the, the big venue that uh, you weren't able to the armory? What, where was yeah, that? The Westbrook Armory. Yeah, I, I, I just I had so much fun. I mean, I find all the shows, but like I just remember like that was kind of like the kickoff to the weekend. Right. You just go up there and, and places packed. And um, I, I, I kind of miss that a little well, bit. But I yeah. will tell you, Josh, I'll tell you, there's another southern maine friday night limitless wrestling show coming up very soon really huh yes sir interesting hmm. interesting stuff from jackson are there more herman events in future plans and do you plan to consistently run in central maine uh, i do think that's something that we're going to continue i can confirm that uh we're certainly going to be back in herman very soon it's not going to be by the end of the year so that's going to be something that we're looking at in 2022 but uh, Central Maine is definitely something that we want to keep on the Limitless Wrestling radar. And uh, at least every two to three months, I have an event up here in Herman. And uh, we are actively pursuing uh, a couple new venues, actually, for Let's Wrestle to get that kicked back up again. Uh, the sister promotion, of course, to Limitless Wrestling. So uh, be on the lookout for that early 2022, fingers crossed. But uh, you'll certainly be seeing more wrestling from the world of Limitless coming to Central Maine uh, as we roll into next year, it's, it's, it's like, we're on the same wavelength. Cause I had a, a writing question from JN JN. Who could that be? That's me. Uh, what's, what's the future of less wrestle. I was curious about that. So right now just kind of just, uh, I assume just, yeah, kind of 
waiting for the right time and obviously making sure the money works, the venue works, talent and uh, and all that? So uh, to be completely candid, we obviously had to put things on halt with the pandemic and really let's wrestle the student shows and limitless wrestling kind of engulfed into one with the road and the mm-hmm. pandemic at the dojo series, but especially the road we were seeing uh, some limitless dojo students have their very first matches. We were seeing uh, wrestlers that we had seen in let's wrestle for years who were now wrestling uh, some wrestlers who had been in limitless for years. So there was that unique kind of clash of styles there and clash of personalities. And uh, really uh, we kind of came out on the other side with a mix of uh, wrestlers who had been in limitless previously wrestlers who had never been in limitless before. And some of the standouts from let's wrestle from the past couple of years, but um, plans are certainly in the works to bring let's wrestle back. It's not something that we dove directly into when live events came back because we, we kind of, we talked about it on this pod a little bit, but we used the student shows really as us kind of dipping our toes back into the water. And I think it was either February or March. I think it was February of this year is, was the first show back. It was our first student show at Ronco's and Brewer, which is unfortunately now, uh, not an open place, but uh, Ronco's was awesome for the uh, little five month stint that we were doing student shows there. And that really kind of, we got our groove down. We figured out how we were going to be able to bring live events back. And especially at that point safely, because that was when they were just rolling out the COVID-19 vaccines. That's when uh, tons of restrictions were still on events. The first one that we held, we could only have 40 fans. So they were really small shows. Uh, a few of them are on IWTV if you want to check them out. But uh, those were cool at kind of figuring out what the students brought to the table, getting them in front of fans for the first time. And uh, it had a lot of the foundation of what Let's Wrestle was built as, which was a sister promotion to Limitless Wrestling that had uh, pieces from everywhere, guys who may not have found opportunities on the Limitless cards or uh, we're fighting to get noticed or wrestlers on the rise in general, whether they're from the dojo or from around the Northeast who are uh, looking to get on the limitless radar. And of course the mix in of limitless wrestling talent, like a, like a danger kid, Aiden Agro, Alec price, Ace Romero, Alexander Lee, just to name a few. Um, but really uh, the hangup has been the OG venue of let's wrestle, which is what you saw throughout the duration of the road. They weren't looking for any kind of public event like that for the rest of this year. So mm-hmm. that put us into kind of a scenario of trying to find uh, the right venue for something like this in this area and just hadn't panned out just yet. So um, we're still in the hunt and uh, trying to fit. We've got two venues actually in this area, central main area, Bangor Brewer um, that we are looking at. And uh, I think, by January, uh, we'll have something set in stone. I'm pretty confident in that. Nice. From Caleb, any plans for a new trading card series in the future? Yes, actually. Uh, series four is in production. I don't think it's something that you're going to see until the beginning of 2022 because uh, it is quite a process to get these out there. We do include a lot of information in them. So a lot of time goes into these, but uh, it's something that we're in production with. Uh, and I think either by the end of this year, but uh, probably looking at early next year, that's going to be something that comes out that's going to be available for purchase. Is there a Randy Carver card? There's not a Randy Carver card. Oh, come on. Why not? No way. I don't need a card. (laughs) Is there an Ethan Scott card? 
I think there is going to be in the next series, but I do not believe that there has been one yet. I think so. I'm, I'm, as I mentioned before, I'm making my way through season two of The Road. And one of my favorite moments, and again, I want to do this deep dive in The Road with you once I'm done, all three, uh, is the Ethan Scott. Um, uh, oh my God. I'm, uh, Jeez, what is the, the big guy? Eric uh, Johnson. Eric Johnson. I call that Larry Johnson. Eric Johnson. That moment when Ethan Scott pulls off the suit, that was one of my favorite moments of like all last year. It was so great. It was so that great. Was, that was electric because that was uh, real visceral emotion from everybody ringside who had no fucking clue what was about nice. to happen. There were, there were very very few people i'll say that in that room and i think uh, i can count them on one finger who knew it was about to happen and uh it, it was awesome that was yeah. that was one of those moments of like that that one sticks out to me in the closed taping era as one of the best moments uh, that just was so much fun and it, it it felt like we were at a real wrestling show again you know what yeah. i mean and it's crazy that it was with uh, a ring announcer, Ethan Scott, and uh, Eric Johnson, who is a longtime pro in the state of Maine. So, yeah, um, very cool. That was very good. Very good. We'll talk about that at the future episode. There's that whole, yeah, there's a lot of things during that season I really enjoyed. Uh, speaking of things I don't enjoy, John Alba, why are you way the why are you the way that you are? <laughs> I, I hate that dude. Jesus. Uh, um, yeah. I could ask him the same question, but I, I actually tried to ask him a question today. He did a little you know, riding the coattails, of course, mm-hmm. uh, threw out a ask Alba tweet. And, uh, I said, you know what, I'm going to just, I'm, I'm going to bury the hatchet and actually ask him a question here. And I shot him a question and he had the audacity to respond with use the hashtag <laughs> and I could have flipped, but, uh, instead I'm just going to pass by this question. And I think we have one more on the docket and that'll be it. So thank you we for your do. contribution, John. I did actually go, that goes back to kind of the, in, any big dreams of the promotion 2022, probably no John Alba, right? Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> that we should have thought of that earlier. Uh, final question here from JM with the influx of now available wrestlers on the scene, kind of alluding to the recent, uh, WWE releases, uh, the latest round and also this uh, situation with ROH, which is crazy. Uh, are there any names you would like to see debut or return in 2022? First of all, uh, I feel so bad for everyone who's lost their job or uh, like steady income with the a ton of WWE releases. Of course, when the I think the same day that they uh, pushed their quarterly numbers, and it was an hour afterward. Yeah, hour. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And ring of the Ring of Honor stuff is gutting because I'm a longtime Ring of Honor fan. That was the first independent promotion that I ever stumbled upon. Uh, the HD net era of ring of honor is what helped me find them. And then from there uh, I was off to bull moose music to find some DVDs and uh, became a huge ring of honor fan uh, very early on and was able to, uh, I just, I remember as a kid just holding wrestlers from ring of honor in such high regard when I would see them live, they would come in for IWE time to time. And um, they, they've really like, they, they navigated the pandemic. Well, they kept everybody safe. They did more testing than I think many wrestling promotions or sporting events did in that time frame. Um, and it, it really like, it felt to me at least like, man, they, they navigated that shit. Well, they did all these closed set TV tapings and shit, and they're actually going to come out 
on the other side and get back to live events. And then that just, it felt like it came out of nowhere and I'm sure it did for the people involved as well. And I just can't even imagine. So um, my thoughts are with them. I know that everybody's going to land on their feet. So many talented people in ring of honor, so many talented people in WWE who were cut. And it's like, there were a lot of people tweeting like the days that these happened, like, Oh, I hope to see this person there. You know what I mean? Like I, uh, I always feels weird. Like, uh, when someone loses their job to like fantasy book it, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. Um, realistically, it's- I mean, uh, there's a lot of people that I would like to see back in limitless wrestling, like, uh, Brody King, Keith Lee comes to mind, Jonathan Gresham as well, who is uh, on the ring of honor roster is, is so many talented people who are now, uh, back on the scene. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting time. Um, for a lot of reasons, I, I think, uh, this last year and a half with all the WWE cuts, I think it's been over a hundred, give or take, uh, ROH, you were just talking about. And, you know, there's, um, there's only so many spots in some of these bigger groups, right? WWE with their, uh, what definitely hurts is obviously their, you know, their mandate to, they're only looking for pro athletes right now, uh, or not pro athletes, but basically mm-hmm. like, People, athletes, non-wrestlers, right? Non-indie guys that they can they can groom and, and to be whatever they want in that style. Uh, AEW has a lot of people under roster. Um, thank God for them, right? Because, you know, through the dark tapings and through uh, the pandemic, they're having people work there. You know, that's a, that's a you know, I think they have 150 guys, uh, girls under contract or some sort of deal right now, which wow. is, I, I think I heard they, uh, Tony kind of mentioned that the other day. So it's it's a lot. I mean, they're constantly adding people and, not necessarily to full-time deals, but there's people making good money there, which is, which is good and making some sort of income, being able to be seen and all that, Right. you know, with, uh, you know, ROH being out, uh, I think that it was, a uh, people I talked to said it, it wasn't a surprise because just, they were, it was almost like they were too safe. They didn't want to really go back on the road. And that's the hard thing with some of these groups, man. It's like with impact ROH and MLW, like, unless you really go out and, and touring, you're kind of stuck in one location and you kind of burn out fans after a while. Um, and, and with ROH gone, that's tough. Uh, MLW, I think this is like, you know, it's a good time for impact and MLW. If someone was like, you know, had a cash infusion and really wanted to get into this thing and make a real big, like number three, that this is the time to do it. Cause there's a ton of, there's a ton of talent out there. We just talked about, you have some, some creative bookers, you know, some smarts and, and, and you have, uh, you can really do something, you know, and and that's, you know, some of these talents are going to be like, do I really want to do this or not? Um, I'm sure there's some we'll never see again uh, that just, they weren't really that into it to begin with. Maybe some, you know, WB trainees that were athletes, other places. And they're like, they just were never passionate about wrestling. They just want to be a star. Right. But there are some people that they're there. They're like, this is what I want to do. Right. The Anthony green types. This is my life. Like I'll, I'll work in front of 10 people. I'll work in front of a thousand. Like it doesn't matter. I just want to work. And, and do this right um so i think it's going to be a, a gut check time for a lot of people like do i want to do this and and am i willing to really get out there and hustle and and, and try this because there's so many people that are, are trying to get spots and trying to get opportunities and maybe pricing themselves wrong or there's like this whole thing of like usually in the past these releases have come slower they may be like groups but like not as much i mean this is like a tidal wave and everyone's trying to figure it out at the same time, right? And yeah. it's uh, it's fascinating. It's and and what's cool though is that 
with streaming services like IWTV, you know, Fight TV and and everything, there's um there's places to to people to be seen and YouTube and th- you know, it's like there's ways that you can get that name out there and get that buzz going. I think uh, it's, it's a bummer for sure, but uh, you know, the hope I think 2022 is going to be really interesting. Who knows? I mean, ring of honor could come back and like they said, and they're going to run it kind of like a, a in the promotion where they don't have guys under contract. There's some more jobs. So it's, it's going to be a fascinating time to, to, to see how things kind of play out. And, and uh, it's funny you mentioned the, the fancy booking thing. It's kind of like a double-edged sword, right? Cause like, you on the on the one hand, it's like uh, the the person reading this may be like, "Well, I just got cut, so I, you know it's great. You want to see me go work and you know location X against this X or whatever." But on the other hand, it's kind of like they want me they want me back. They're excited to see me back doing this stuff, right? So it, it kind of be like me uh, kind of be be tough. But yeah, it's this long winded way of saying it's a very interesting time for sure. Absolutely, and it's a. Uh, I think it'll be an exciting time. Obviously, once the once the sting of, uh, you know, losing your job and losing, uh, that platform wears off. I do think that a lot of people are going to take to the independent scene that the way it is right now and how supportive everybody is right now, since coming back, I think a lot of people are going to take to that and uh, do very well for themselves. So, uh, in that sense, very exciting. Yep. Yep. Going to be uh, going to be a fun year ahead and we'll be talking about it all here on limitless wrestling podcast. So again, coming up this Saturday, in case you haven't figured out this point, uh, for, I don't, I don't know how it's possible. Limitless wrestling world championship, Anthony green, take on Alec price as part of prize possession coming up Saturday, November 13th from the events hall in Yarmouth, Maine. If you're jonesing for some, uh, some limits, you may have not seen if you weren't able to make up to, to Herman dancing on thin ice premiered on IWTV on Monday. Obviously you can go to independent wrestling.tv. Use the code limitless. If you had not done that, that helps out the promotion quite a bit. You can watch a well over 100 hours of all types of limitless stuff. We're talking about the road shows from several years ago, shows from this year you might have missed, student showcases, all the other great stuff on there. There's like so much stuff. Uh, again, like it's like 10 bucks a month. So uh, check that out, Independent Wrestling TV, social media at LWMain on Twitter, Limitless Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram, and also on YouTube. Over 925,000 subscribers, three, 350 million views. Unbelievable. And uh, yeah, put over Randy, Randy Carver, Randy underscore Carver, LW on Twitter, myself, Josh Nason, J-O-S-H-N-A-S-O-N, LimitlessWrestling.com for all your ticket and merchandise needs. Randy, I think my plugs are all done. Anything else? I think that's it. I hope to see everybody Saturday in Yarmouth. Here we go. Until next time, support your local indie.